0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's me Jill here and today let me introduce to you Tofik Bam Atraf. He is, well he says in his bio, he's 37 years old but he looks and feels 25 and he totally is. This guy is a... Pocket rocket. I could classify him as he's just so much energy, so much enthusiasm, passion, and motivation for everything that he does. He's an emotional intelligence consultant and life coach, and he's currently pursuing his passion as a coach in terms of personal training. In today's episode, um, Tofik talks about his journey and how everything that he has experienced in his life, and maybe at times when he thought you know, things were strange and funny and he didn't really understand the reason why he was the way he was has led him to where he is currently. Um, this podcast contains so much, um, I'd say, inspiration and motivation and direction for anybody who is in a place in their life where they're maybe at a crossroads or they're thinking about change. And We talk a lot about change and how we fear it um, and it's it's a podcast that I'm going to keep going back and listening to over and over again. Such a, a humble person and just, we actually ended up talking for about two and a half hours sort of before, in the podcast and after. I think this is somebody who I could definitely talk the night away with. Um, but without further ado, guys, enjoy the podcast um, and let's get rocking. Welcome, Topic, to the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm really good. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, like I said, I'm really grateful to be a part of your podcast. I'm a follower and a supporter as well.
0: Super happy to have you on the podcast. And like I said, kinda, I have given you a, a um, kind of a brief introduction there just before we had started. And I know that we've, we've actually talked for the past 25 minutes before we've actually hit record. And if it wasn't for me saying, let's stop, because we'll have nothing to talk about. Um, but yeah, for yourself and sort of for the, for the people that are actually listening, this is going to be, um, you know, um, a a storytelling one where I'm really happy that you've agreed to come on and tell us, you know, your story sort of, and how you have worked your way up to where you are today, obviously working as an emotional, um, intelligence consultant, life coach, as well as sort of exploring your passion of, of coaching and developing that as well. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to you, like all good things, because I want to let you share your story and I'll just chip in here, there and everywhere. And guys, I just really hope that like all of the podcasts that we do bring out, that you do get some sort of nugget from this in terms of motivation or inspiration, um, or maybe a little bit of knowledge. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: Thank you so much. Um One of the beautiful things that we come across uh, in in our lives is the people that we meet. And every person that we meet comes with a set of stories that shapes who they are. And today with social media, uh, maybe it became easier for some storytellers to actually walk you, like how they got here. Uh, But then there are other superheroes that are on the offline. Like if we go back in time, our parents, they had different set of skills for a different uh, era. But they, ma- they managed to, 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 to cross that uh, era. And actually, their, let's say their focus was to allow us to cross. So if we go back to Tawfiq, to I was born and raised in Saudi. Um, I've always expressed the passion of, uh, and love for football. Uh, most of my photos and videos when I was young is just kicking not the ball like literally anything like anything that's rolling in front of me I would kick I kicked dolls my sister's dolls I kicked plants I kicked pots I there are so many photos and videos that um when my parents would show me and I'm like this makes sense <laughs> I'm a starter like I need to move things. Like, I can't see things still. They cannot remain still. But this is an, an, an understanding later on in life. But during your childhood, there's something shaping up that maybe the awareness or the lack of awareness in, in, in your parents did not understand. Like, where is this character going? And you get labeled by <clears throat> mischief, uh, hyperactive. So I was diagnosed with ADHD, but later in life, like in 2009 and 10, things made sense later. But back then, it was this very active kid that we cannot understand, and we cannot actually contain. That was the problem. Trying to contain this character uh, would only result in a rebellious character. It helped me a lot to express, but in a different way, I would say it was aggressive towards my uh, youth to to to, to tea, because I was very quiet, but once it's not my way, or we're not agreeing, then it became, there's a different way of expressing, which is, I'll just do it. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it, and then the consequences, I'm gonna deal with it later. And usually things work out, but still, the consequences would meet you because, you're still under the guardian of your parents so anything you do that against them is wrong no matter the result is if it's right uh so during school days um i was always focused on 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 play like i was a straight a student people don't get me wrong i was very straight a student but it didn't show like i was very talkative in the class i was misty i couldn't stay in the class i would Find any excuse to leave that classroom, and if it was chemistry, then I'm the first one to create excuses.
0: Oh, total opposite of me then.
1: But when it was biology, math, uh, art, I would actually stay. Mm-hmm. I would actually prepare for it. When it was history, I'd actually be interested. And and my, it's like, and I never understood why I was interested in history. But later, then I, I learned. I enjoy more watching documentaries, biographies, understanding the stories of these people. Like, how did they create all this? And they knew they were not going to stay forever. But there were people who fought wars, who created castles and, and who united kingdoms and, and created these kind of things. And for me, that was very interesting during my, my youth. But I never understood, like, why I'm interested in this. And I had... Different characters that I I, uh, I, I got inspired by. Uh, one of the characters is um, uh, Khalid bin Walid. Khalid bin Walid is a, is a military uh, idol in, in the Islamic world back then. He was very strategic, and I love all the stories about how he went on to win different wars, like how he would create these strategies. And again, later on, you discover that you have this strategic approach towards life, towards things. But if we pay attention to the kids back then, these are actually uh, attributes that you could spot on.
0: Yeah.
1: When, when the kids show interest in a in certain game or a certain uh, lifestyle or a certain, uh, let's say, activity, there's something there. They're expressing something, but they, ha- they don't know the way of saying it to you as a parent but it would show in their interest in doing that thing, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does, absolutely makes sense, yeah. Oh, okay,
1: <laughs> uh, so, so Khadmurid was one of the, 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 the strategic uh, icons that, uh, that I loved and, 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 and continued to follow, uh, and, and read his history as, as I was growing up. Um, moving from school, so art, sport, and history, was like the combination that kept coming with me as I'm, I'm, I'm growing and going uh, by, by late high school, uh, uh, I dropped out at uh, last year. I had to drop out so I could move into working and assist my dad into, into uh, uh, life in, in general. Uh, that resulted in, now I need to make a choice. Either leave the kingdom to study abroad, uh, or stay here, but drop out and, and, and start seeking work. So I worked in this uh, uh, IT company back then when the internet just started. It's called, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to name the, the company, it's called Batelco. It's a Bahraini company. Uh, that started in, in Saudi with partnership with the with Jersey. So I was one of the early English speakers uh, as a customer service. I started as a customer service. I don't, back then, I was like 17, 18. Like, yeah. For me, it was like, let's just do this work, get paid, send it back home, and I'll have enough time to do other stuff. But I never knew what other stuff. Because only the only thing was in my head was football. Yeah, That's the only thing. Like, I'm going to be a football player. I'm doing everything to be a football player. I'm training hard to be a football player. I'm seeking all the clubs and stuff like that. Uh, I did have the opportunity in 1999 uh, uh, to, to play for for a club, Al uh, Hilal. But being non-Saudi, it was, it was a challenge to continue. Uh, that was the last time uh, I tried to, to, to pursue football as a career. Uh, that was like, by 1920, I understood like there's another thing I must be doing that I haven't discovered yet. So I laid, I just calmed down. I calmed the football fantasy in my head more. And I just allowed life to happen for like five years. So I was in that company for like five years. And I actually did 10 years in the same company. I gradually moved into ranks. Uh, until become I uh, became uh, a department head and then I became a director but st- there was something still missing there like i wasn't doing my purpose i was doing someone else's purpose yeah and yeah. i kept learning different skills i learned to edit videos like it was interesting to bring in together images and and, and put a story and, and create something and i never understood, like why do i want to do this like my work was literally into networking and security. It was like wireless security and stuff like that, uh, which has nothing to do with video editing or any artistic work. Uh, and then it moved into photography, and then I moved into designing. Like, there were skills that I was developing, and I never knew why I'm developing these or why am I interesting. Uh, mm. Some of them, I was doing them during work time because there was no work. You've already finished, and it became routine that you're done, your work by twelve, and then you have like four or five hours doing nothing. Yeah. In, the, in these corporate world, like you'd have assignments, and once you're done, then that's it. Like there's nothing else to be done. Um, by mid two thousand five, I came across uh, a story, and this story was of a camel with 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 her child, and the child was asking her mom like why do we have long eyelashes? And she kept answering, we're desert animals and there are sandstorms and we have this to, to just block the, the, the sand. And then why do we have humps? Well, we're desert animals, we travel long distances and we need this to store water and food. Well, why do we have this? Why do we have this? And she kept answering as we're desert animals and we do this. And then the picture zoomed out and these two camels were in a zoo. And then the kid asks his mom, if we have all these skills, why are we in a zoo? Oh! It struck me where I was sitting. I was sitting in my department and I could see the other employees. Like they were in a cubicle kind of way. And there were 16 employees in front of me. And I literally was looking at my laptop. And then I just raised my head and I looked at everyone. And then I looked at the walls and I'm like, shit. (laughs)
0: you've literally just blown my mind i didn't see the i didn't see that they were in a zoo coming and now that it has i've just like in my head i've just imagined everybody hitting like a big effort button going i'm quitting my job (laughs) i'm going to do what i (laughs) love it
1: it it just struck me in a way where i was very quiet for for a long time And, and my colleague was like Trying to talk to me. I I don't even remember what he was saying. But I remember that he got pissed at a certain stage because I wasn't responding. And I literally have this thing. But later on, when I knew about ADHD, when I was diagnosed, I could hyper-focus and cannot zone out. And once I'm out, it would take me a lot of time to go back into focus. So I was literally zoned into this story. And then I I started creating something out of that from me leaving that job like what would i do if i leave the job i started just building images and images and later on in life you discover that visualization is a very important factor
0: absolutely and i was
1: really i had strong visual visualization so i could see literally what i can do later and later on 2005 the remaining of 2005 was different for me uh, i remember i resigned and uh, uh, my direct manager actually refused. He said, uh, "It's not the time. If you could just hold it for another year, like, and find a replacement and stuff like that." So I pulled on a year and a year and a year, and in a matter of time, it was 2010. It was 2011. I resigned again uh, officially by 2011, and was allowed to 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 leave. Uh, but what happened is my mind started being busy. Like, what can we do since we discovered that? We are not in the place that we're supposed to be. Like, what are we gonna do? And then I stumbled upon uh, football freestyle. And my love for football and art just met. And it's a form of expression.
0: Yeah. And the way
1: the guys were expressing how they control the ball with music and stuff, I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. And actually, it's
0: fun. You know, that's how I actually, I actually think that's how I first came across you. I think it was, it must have been an Instagram post or maybe you were, you were doing something at some event and there was just you and you were doing these football activities. And I remember that, that was my first, that's my first recall of, of
1: how we met
0: how we kind of met. And I know we didn't officially, officially meet then, but it was just the first time that I seen you and I was, and I was intrigued and I was just, I was like, interesting. Character, you know, um, yeah. So it was a freestyle that I, I, whenever I kind of came across yourself. And and
1: and, and uh, I'll i come to interest and in, and in, and and character later. Like what are those things? How did they form? Because uh, I was a very shy person. I wouldn't stand in front of people and just deliver and talk. This was like one of the nightmares that I didn't even uh, think about doing. And I was watching these guys perform in the street, and then I became interested in busking. Like, what is busking? And then I started seeing different forms of arts, uh, The musician, uh, the dancers, and all these people. I'm like, why would you stand in the street and do that? Like, isn't there a platform like could could host you, where you could express this? But then these people were doing it out of love. I mean, beside that, they could make money, but... Most of it was because out of love and it was branding. They were doing a lot of things that in a company you would need multiple employees to do that. The same person was branding himself or herself. The same person was communicating. So that's a communication department. That's a branding department. And the same person was actually creating the content and building this, the movement and all this. So you have the designer. Like... There's an artist here in one person. And I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. I want to connect with people. Because it wasn't the thing that we were doing that was intriguing. It was the, re- the response of these people. They were just walking by, going to work or coming from work or having a rough day. And then someone standing there singing or, or playing an instrument or dancing. And you look at them. And you just draw that energy and you draw that passion out of them, and it, it 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 touches you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And it connects. And people don't just give you tip or they just don't give you money. They actually tell you, "We love this. Keep doing more of this. I enjoyed my time. Thank you for making my day." This is what people say. Yeah. And and it was huge for me. Uh, a huge realization that this is one of The ways that you could express and actually connect with people and I started training like literally heavy training on 2006 by 2007 I came across Red Bull that they were one of the biggest platforms that do different urban kind of games and I'm like there has to be something that Red Bull could resonate so I started communicating with them I started emailing them from 2006 2007 2008 they were not responding by 2009, they did respond. And they were like, okay, crazy guy. What's up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Persistence. There. Yep. Yeah, like,
1: what is it that you want to tell us? I'm like, there's a huge community of artists and communicators that could actually do something. Uh, how about we have uh, a national qualification in Saudi? They're like, it doesn't exist in our map to do any activity in Saudi. And then I presented all the, like, Documents and images and videos and stuff because like, I was already creating that uh, that platform. Uh, yeah. I was already creating, bringing people in, and I was doing that after my working hours. Like I found something that has purpose after working hours. Yeah. So I didn't just resign. Like I was building on the side this community. Uh, by two thousand and ten, Rebel actually uh, agreed to create uh, the first, uh, uh, it wasn't just national championship. It was a national championship that will qualify you to the world finals. Uh, and the first one was in, in, in South Africa, the, the finals were in South Africa. So that was like really a huge step from emailing them as a crazy person or spamming them into actually bringing you in into these board meetings where we strategically put a five-year plan for, for the whole sport in, in Saudi and, and around the world. Uh, by 2010, uh, the Freestyle Federation was formed uh, in the UK. Uh, it's based in UK and London. And I was appointed, uh, back then I was the Saudi representative. Today I uh, represent the president of MENA region. And, and that's like, it just went crazy from managing a small group into country uh, wide and, and actually connecting with people you've never met. You just liked or commented on their posts. But then we, we, we connected on on, on that uh, passionate level. So this journey created uh, the character mm-hmm. that you saw in the video, yeah. that put interest. Because in the journey, I was communicating. I did study communication. I was uh, strategically putting plans. I did not go to college to, to learn about business fundamentals and putting strategies. But I had history of, of an icon, how he built his wars. I just replaced the word war with peace. Like, how can we create peace? How can we connect and use these strategic approaches? And it worked. I mean, I'm not saying I was very strategic. I was just passionate. I just did it. But later in years, I came back and looked back. I'm like, these were steps, yeah. as random as they were, but they were progressive steps towards a goal that it was crystal clear how it looks like.
0: Yeah,
1: We just had to discover how. And daily, you were just trying to create how by delivering your purpose. And, and that was connecting to, with people and allowing them to express the way they want to express. This taught me acceptance. I would accept any form of activity, any form of art. Uh, and people come in different ways. They come from different cultures. You could learn a language by just Communicating with someone from a different country, and they have an accent. You have an accent, but they don't know that they had that accent, and you never knew you had an accent. But you guys were able to to actually, you know, deliver the message you wanted to deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, in two thousand and nine, uh, I I came across uh, Coach Reem and she had. I mean, I'm grateful to have met this person. Uh, she assisted me to going and getting the diagnosis of. ADHD, like you might, you have the symptoms, so why don't you get the, the proper diagnosis? I did that and I was diagnosed with ADHD, and I was like, huh, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have multiple interests. And because they, they called it distraction, but then later research showed that it's multiple interests at the same time. And this explained why I wanted to learn photography and why I wanted to learn video editing while I was doing computer. Like I was doing networking, like it has no relation. It was the multiple interest in different things that, had, that were interesting to me. Uh, I mean, later in years, it just helped a lot build this person and this character. Uh, by 2000 and, uh, I mean, through freestyle, I traveled a lot. I had the opportunity to, to, to be on stage and speak on, on different TEDx occasions. Uh, about building community, and uh, some of them were about passion. Uh, Some of them were about, like, um, international. My first talk was International Youth, uh, International Volunteer Youth Day. And I remember saying yes to the talk, (laughs) and then freaking out over the two months before the talk because I've never stood in front of a lot of people and spoke I've never literally stood I mean I would talk to small groups I would be in a meeting I'm good with that because I know these people
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but the day I arrived I parked the only thought in my, and I've already prepared like I prepared what I'm going to say the only thought that kept following me throughout the way till the, 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 the venue was Tophie so just call them and tell them you're sick
0: it's okay there's all that 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 fear of the the unknown and kind of going and doing something that you've never experienced before but again you can always you're probably going to tell us like reflection after you kind of went in and you just you know conducted yourself in the way that you would normally do and you shared the message that you had you know it was, it was yours, you know, and, and no one can tell you that's the right way to say it or the wrong way to say it. It comes from something. 100%. Yeah. No one
1: knew what was the right way and no one knew what was the story. Yeah. And maybe half of them, if not all of them, never knew I existed. I literally did not exist because I was sitting with the audience and yeah. there were different speakers and there were different stand-up comedians and back then stand-up comedy was just coming up mm-hmm. and there were like huge icons on stage. Everybody was laughing and I'm like, shit, (laughs) (laughs) how am I going to, like, everybody just laughed and I'm going to walk in now and and tell a story? Like, how am I going to do that? I don't have any training about public speaking. Literally, Jill, I have zero (laughs) experience in standing in public and going like, hey, I have this message.
0: Yeah. As
1: I took my steps onto the stage, um, I kept telling myself, you know what? You need to connect to who you are. So how about you do something that is only you would do? And let's see what people will react to. So I started jogging in my place. As I stood before I started talking, I just started jogging in my place and like warming up. And I did stretches and people are like, what's happening? And I just remained silent until I calmed myself down. And then I just greeted them and, 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 and told them like, You remember when we start, when we go to school, like the first thing we do was like, you know, in in the assembly, like we would stretch and these things. And whatever words came out of my mouth there, they were not written because I wrote different things. Yeah. But I felt differently when I was on stage. And I literally did everything I wrote and I said something else. Totally. And that resulted in a huge spread, a connection. There were a lot of doctors there, ADHD doctors, psychologists who were like, no one had spoken about ADHD and and their challenges. And actually, if you didn't tell us you were diagnosed, we would never know. There was so much work, so much behavioral therapy that I went to and and had to go to to actually uh, pass the point of you noticing that, oh, this guy's an adhd -er." like not hiding but controlling that those symptoms yeah Uh, and that that was that was like the the mind-blowing for me like the the reflection was I'm alive like I did not die like it was just a talk it was Uh, yeah yeah. and I loved it like I want to do more of this and then and from there it was just like history like it was different talks different occasions uh I continued advocating about ADHD and, and, and about the relation about sport uh and and the coherence between physical and, and emotional intelligence like there has to be this interconnected uh, relation uh, or integrated relation that you need to build throughout time like it's not a, a snap of fingers kind of thing uh, my, my coaching uh, and then it just moved into into the world of coaching through uh, CodeEach it's, it's one of the uh, actually it's the first uh, coaching uh, company in saudi and back then when coaching was used as a a term nobody understood what's coaching i mean when you say coaching it's only related to football coaching Mm -hmm. so it took a lot of time and a lot of energy from coaches to actually advocate what is coaching and and actually uh, help that profession uh, become a career for for many people among them uh, myself Uh, that's when i acquired my coaching uh, certification uh, in Uh, as an executive and team coach, uh, as a life coach, and and later also acquired my emotional intelligence uh, as well, which uh, just made sense, all of it. Like, you've been all your life doing something similar to coaching Mm -hmm. because I dealt with kids, I dealt with parents, I had to work with friends. But then your language, your speech, your dialogue changed. Like, you wouldn't just sit and give, uh, advices to, to, to your friends, you'd have this kind of interest to understand more about what they're going yeah. through and how can they actually start solving their problems. So coaching and, and I mean, this certification came in to complement what skills you already have, but now you have scientific uh, approach with it. Yeah. beside your artistic and your own way of, of delivering that message or creating that uh, it, it just worked so well with me uh, for the past few years
0: yeah I think that's I think that's I think that's great and and I think you're right like from from even like a coach as a fitness coach you know especially you I mean in, in Saudi it was something that was very alien you know 10 years ago and I think you know what you have launched there in terms of like emotional intelligence people might Think of that if they're kind of you know if they have that resistance and they just think that they conduct themselves in a way that's always been the norm that they're so reluctant to change and nine times out of ten nine times out of ten it's not until you do change which you did do and albeit it didn't happen you know in a year you know it took a period of time but you kind of reap the rewards after and you're now in a position where you've kind of almost like connected dots. Whereas before it kind of was a bit like, I don't know where my dots are going, but like for me, if I was to give like one bit of advice, because my, my past experience is like being really dotted as well. I always come back and I say every single thing that I have been offered or presented and I've gone through in my life has some way led me to where I am now. And probably, yeah, I'm probably where I am now. Is going to look very different to what that's going to be in the next year. But what should always be kind of like the underlying current in your life is it should always be where you're sitting in a place of contentment and happiness. And once that's kind of disrupted, then you need to assess and make the change, you know? And sometimes that can be really hard, you know? Um, Because obviously there's that concern about affecting other people and, and all that there. But, Again, it's fear and it's sort of false evidence appearing real, right? Because once you make the change, everybody is just like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy for you. And you're like, why didn't, right. why didn't I do it sooner? do it
1: earlier, like, what didn't do it earlier? Um, uh, to complement what you mentioned about the fear of, once you're in a situation where this is disrupted and you need to make change, and change has never been easy no. all over time. I mean, from the stone ages, it was hard for people to leave their caves it was hard for people to leave their tents it was hard for people to leave their small homes and villages and it kept going and there were people in cities that it was hard for them to leave their country it was hard for them to travel and stuff like that it was always hard to to create that change yeah. uh but then when you look back and you're connecting the dots you you actually owe so much of that to the decision that, that pivoted your life it okay. was that change Uh, what I tell people sometimes is when you're faced with with a huge decision that you need to make in your life uh, maybe look at something else that is challenging that you could do and it just teach you how what does it feel to cross fear Uh, for me I did crazy stuff I did skydive for me to to cross a small decision in my life which was very huge at that time but then I, I just had to put myself into an experience where yeah. shit. Yeah. And how you jump out of a plane? Like what are you trying to prove? And then I answered myself as soon as I jumped. I'm not here to prove anything. I just wanted to experience what am I afraid of? Like, yeah. What are my most fears here? Like I'm falling from the sky. What is the most fearing thing? And it wasn't me falling from the sky. It was something else and immediately as I touched the ground I knew what I needed to do about that thing I immediately knew what decision I need to do because yeah. if falling from the sky does not scare you yeah, well. like, like what would scare you to be and that had to change and that that's how I made my change absolutely uh, resigning from from the 10-year job was like my family did not know I resigned until three years later. Like I continued my lifestyle. Like I would wake up, go and 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 suit up and leave home and then just go to a coffee shop and do my project and, and just work on that. My own my own uh, thing. Uh, but to get to that decision and, and, and submit that resignation and knowing your backup plan does not exist, that was like jumping and then hoping there's a parachute somewhere there that you're gonna grab but i just replaced it with not hoping i was sure there's gonna be a parachute or i'm gonna create one while i'm la- i'm going down and that's what happened totally. as soon as i resigned i was busy working and preparing for my next step yeah. Which was very clear for me, like where I want to go uh, with, with sports and, 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 and athletes and, and work with uh, in the youth development, mostly.
0: You can't prepare. I love that as well. Like, And I think you, you, you can't invest and dedicate your time to something when you're still tied to something else. You know, so when you're going out of a parachute, you know, you're tied to that parachute. But, you know, you know, that one doesn't work. So you have to rip it off and be like, OK, I need my other one. So you rip it off and hope in the time that you let hit the ground it it builds. And I honestly think I think out of every single person that's been on this podcast, there has been this underlying current or underlying, you know, message that when you make a shift from from doing something that you're just doing for the sake of it to shift into something that you that have that like, kind of like burns a fire in your belly. Right. Yeah. You have that fire that it just it doesn't matter. Like I don't care. I don't have a set income anymore. I don't care. I'm so happy I wake up in the morning and I'm buzzing and I get to do X Y and Z, you know. So I think like everyone is like, "Oh, you know, if you're if you're money oriented, why would you ever leave a stable job or yada yada yada?" It's like, "Well, I could either just have the money and be absolutely miserable and not enjoy anything and feel that I'm blunted or I could cut it and go and pursue something that I absolutely love that is just that is just me and that's when it comes back to it comes back to that maintaining that inner harmony within your body and just i'm just being in a better and,
1: and, and the money comes it the, does it. The, the beautiful part the beautiful part is and then the, the money starts coming and when it comes it comes in this peaceful way where it, it's it's not the end of the month money like it would come in 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 the middle of the month or, or mid of the week. It comes in different ways. It comes in different paychecks. Yeah. And, and it, it becomes that abundance, like, you're, you're, you're content. Yeah. Like, this amount is, is, is good. It's very good, and it's enough for me. And this feeling gives you, gives you the energy to actually produce more. And if you look back, you're actually making more money than you used to get from your salary. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I do respect the people who work in their jobs. Uh, I still work in a job, uh, but it's a different job. Like I'm, I'm, I'm compassionate while doing that. It's, it's different. Like you know, if you're in a place where you're very obsessed and you're you're crazy about, you're in the right place. If it's a corporate world or private work, wherever it is, if you feel like in the morning this thing does not need an alarm and I wake up, actually go to sleep looking forward to wake up and go there, That's that's you are in the right job. So, so stay in that and, and, and keep doing more and produce more.
0: Absolutely. I, I can't agree more with that at all um, in, in all forms and, and on all levels, it's just hit lots of buttons there, um, totally. Um, I just to just ask, um, obviously with your, your, especially with the co-reach and obviously working as that kind of like an emotional intelligence life coach, I mean, can you talk to us like just like a little bit about what that looks like and maybe, you know, who your clients are and, and what would you, what would you do with them?
1: So let me start just creating a distinguish uh, between uh, emotional intelligence and, and, and the intellectual uh, intelligence, which is EQ and IQ. Uh, the IQ is the result of um, person being so uh, structured in and, and result oriented, uh, a mathematic kind of thing, structured uh, way of thinking, uh, and high score, acing their their uh, their school uh, grades and all that, uh, and that's really good. But then, most or the majority of these people might lack the social skills to interact with other humans or to express their own emotions or even to understand their own emotions. So emotional intelligence comes in, in that factor where, uh, I mean, it, it's been defined as the set of emotional and social skills that will aid you to understand um, and adapt, and face challenges and express yourself uh, in in ways that are 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 understood. Uh, so that's 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 emotional intelligence. It's a set of emotional and social skills uh, a person acqu- has or can acquire and can develop. So it's something that you could develop uh, over time. And uh, MHs, the multi health uh, system, has. Uh, Come up with a model that's 2.0 uh, and the model has is consisting of five composites of the emotional intelligence which is the self-perception self-expression interpersonal uh stress tolerance and decision making and these five composites have three subscales uh, under it and the whole emotional intelligence is measured on these 15 subscales where a lot of things i mean if we take uh, for instance the self expression under it there is assertiveness and assertiveness is is i mean you'd either find extreme in the spectrum like someone who is extreme uh, very assertive and that could be uh, harmful or could be hurtful to others or it could have lack of assertiveness and that causes hesitant or not communicating properly like what you actually want to hear. I mean, what time are we meeting? Well, we're meeting at 5 or 6. But a person who is very assertive and in the middle and has the control would clearly communicate. It's at 5, and I would love for everyone to actually be there because we're going to talk about this and this and that. This is the agenda. So this is a very assertive and clearly communicating person Uh, in opposed to extreme assertive and, and lack of assertiveness. Uh, another aspect uh, I, I love is, is flexibility. And this is in decision-making composite. And what is flexibility? What is the flexibility in, in a person's emotional intelligence? Like, what does it mean? You, I'm sure you'd have friends that when you change plans, they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. We're done. Like, there is in the extreme lack of flexibility in, in accepting changes. And this is what happened during COVID. Like people with less flexibility in adopting and, and accepting change had the most uh, challenging period yeah. to cope. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: It was hard for them to cope. By the time COVID was like already in their house, that's when they were struck like, oh, this is reality. Uh, so that's, that's again, inflexibility in and how you could make decisions. Um and uh, there's another aspect, which is stress tolerance. Uh, how is stress tolerance an emotional skill? And how can I develop it? And what does it mean that I'm stress tolerant? Like I can accumulate more? Well, that doesn't mean stress tolerance. When you accumulate more, again, we're always looking at the spectrum as extreme and extreme. Extreme of having that or extreme of not having that, which is the lack of having that. So how can you be in the middle? And because it's the skill, so you could train. And how do you train on an emotional skill? Like how could you develop it? Because uh, some people will just ask like, how can I develop this emotional skill? It's about every time you're in that situation, you take a different decision. Consciously taking a different decision, knowing that this decision will result in me learning more. It's gonna be challenging. For instance, when we talk about uh, flexibility, the next time a meeting is canceled, and guys, for us to do this meeting took us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many. It's
1: like, this is one of the forms of flexibility in, in, in dealing with changes. I mean, Jill has been so uh, humble and generous to tolerate with me uh, these changes and, and, and the timings. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm I'm not bringing it as an example or an excuse, but uh, I'm putting Jill as an example uh, for this where whenever the change was happening, uh, she had the empathy to understand where I'm coming from, what I what I'm about to be facing, and without asking any questions, accepting that change and moving. That, that, that's having that flexibility when, when, when changes are happening. I'm just taking very, uh, a very small example. Uh, there are different uh, forms of, of how you could be flexible. Uh, and uh, to train on is next time, uh, let's say I kept cancelling or, or postponing for more than the time that uh, Jill could uh, tolerate. So if her flexibility is in the middle, uh, she would just let me know that, okay, I think we need to find a better time that suits both. If her flexibility of, or if she lacks flexibility in that area, she would always say yes to me and I'll keep postponing and she'll say yes to me and she'll keep postponing and this will become a problem uh, to her because it will go inside, but she's not expressing it. So if you look at, there's a compound of emotional skills here that you could use in one interaction in one single interaction. And the way we interact at home uh, and the set of skills that we use in this house are different when we go to work. If you just imagine, like, you have a briefcase and you're going to work, and what set of skills you would pick and put inside that you need to work with today? And if you're consciously aware, you would actually make, uh, you would choose the skills that you also want to develop. And take them with you because they're challenging at work let's say assertiveness like you're that person when they say can you handle this project And you're like yes I can do and everything in you says no but you just jump and said yes yeah But how can you be assertive and, and go like uh, I'm actually uh, on a search sur- on, on a current project and it's gonna take me this amount of time I would take this project if it can wait another month or if it can wait another week is that okay and the decision maker would just go like, I think it can wait. So just imagine this dialogue. This is where you could develop that set of skills, simple set of skills, which is emotional expression. You're expressing in a non-harmful way and you're communicating clearly and you're also not being harsh on yourself because you didn't take the project. But you also didn't say no. At the same time, you're creating this uh, this very safe space. For the other person to go like, I understand. Like you have a lot on, like you have a lot on your plate, and this is where negotiation is gonna go. But in different sets, uh, I mean, a home. I mean, <laughs> I imagine uh, assertiveness looking like. I mean, how could you use that with your kids? How could you use that with your partner? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is where it's different. The same skill, the same assertiveness. You could be very assertive or or. Uh, balanced assertive at work and at home you're like you know what this setup is very good for me i don't need to yell do these things um okay let them do like this is their area yeah get it so it's like sometimes you lead sometimes you follow in 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 that area i
0: i definitely agree with you i think that's really important to to obviously identify as well that you know not even in scenarios but it can often be with with people like sometimes you're you can like having you know obviously in, 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 in a previous role where I was kind of looking after a lot of different coaches, you have to really understand people as well because sometimes the way that you communicate with some, you, you know that that method of communication will get the best possible result. So maybe you need to be more assertive with that. Maybe you need to be less flexible because their personality is the complete polar opposite where they are just, you know, they'll always cancel or do whatever X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, so I think that's a really important skill because you can't just be, well, I don't know, maybe in my opinion, based on my own experience, I can't just be the same with every one person. I mean, like my innate qualities are always still the same, but like at a, at a higher level where I need to change maybe, you know, like the dialect or the terminology or the, or, or, those, per, or those key features of, um, you know, assertiveness, flexibility, they, they are interchangeable depending on what's sitting in front.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Jill, you're correct. And, and it's not only your opinion, it's actually the truth. The fact that uh, this is where, if you just look at mothers, and, and back then we're like, why don't you yell at him the way you yell at me? Today, I can't say that, it just makes me laugh. I'm like, oh my God, that's why she was yelling at me? <laughs> You know, it just brings that awareness, and and the key factor here is awareness. As long as you're mindful and present, you will learn. You will pick these indicators. You'll understand if you observe. You'll learn, and and you'll start giving not excuse, but you'll empathize with the other person. Like you put yourself in that place, and like, what is this person going through? And it's really hard skill. It's totally hard skill uh, to actually like always or almost every time you put yourself somewhere uh, where that's not you and trying to understand the other person, it's really challenging and it's tiring yeah but yeah. in time you just learn to do that like you just if the more you keep practicing and it's a people's skill it gets you closer to people it keeps it like you know it just creates this harmonious uh, vibe around you like it's it's easy to communicate with this person it's easy to 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 come close to this person and talk to this person totally. uh, um, yeah
0: so as, as this is so what you kind of went through this these um you categorize different traits is that something that you would like present to someone who's coming to you for advice and would you like assess them on each one of the sub or or do you do like practical so there is
1: uh so what we do is there's an assessment uh i'll give you an assessment and there, there are different assessments like for leadership, for, for group, like a 360 kind of uh, assessment. And you just go through this assessment and it produces a result. And, and, uh, and as a coach, I could look at the result and I would understand. But then there's a debrief, like we need to go into a session after this where we're, we're having a conversation just to understand, like for, for the same person to understand this result and to read. And, and look at this as a roadmap. Like, this is your emotional map. Like, this is how it looks like now. And the beauty of it is it could change. It could literally change. And yeah. it changes. It's the same person taking the same uh, assessment in two different timelines, uh, time like three years away or four years or five years away. And they're answering the same questions. But their answer is towards that question changes yeah they have changed
0: yeah yeah
1: imagine how emotional you become uh and 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 the skills that change and you look at both results and you get really uh, shocked how much you have changed and when we have a conversation like i would remember like what was the last time like what was the most challenging for you you'd be like well my assertiveness like in meetings i'm 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 a manager but i cannot like bring everybody in, and then years later, this person is not only promoted; he's more connected to his team or her team. And and you ask questions, and the result is, I actually went through the the, the pattern uh, recognition and, and changing yeah. these patterns. Yeah. And that's that's how you could actually acquire an emotional skill and develop it at the same time is yeah. taking the step to decide a different path. To change the pattern i think you had a post a few days ago about pattern um uh, if you want to change pattern uh if you want to change the pattern just make a different decision this time or the next time you face that pattern it it's, will just create a different result uh, it's,
0: it's,
1: as simple as that
0: yeah and i think like you talk about changing pattern as well it goes back to that that first thing we we're talking about at the beginning is that change is hard. And you've if you've always been hardwired to make it to make a change, that first time where you disrupt that or unsettle that, you know, very much like fitness, you know, when you do something new or over and above what you think you can do, you kind of upstate um, you know, upset the homeostasis in your body. And I I always relate that to the same thing that's happening in life. If you're changing it, but it will come to a point where, you know, it's no longer challenging. It's kind of just made like, you know. Make the uncomfortable comfortable. Lean into discomfort. Okay. That short period of time, and ninety-nine percent of the time, as long as it's doing, you it is going to do you good. Then you know you don't really have a lot to lose. And by for it. Uh, it's like uh, that, uh,
1: you know. I think it has more of um, um, uh, to compare what you said. It has more of like you need to bring humility in. Like you you actually need to, ego is going to be there. Ego is is the child that we have. And if we keep this child in the driving wheel, then that's when we are always crashing. That's when we're always colliding with people. But when we acknowledge the ego, because it comes with a set of insecurities, inadequacy, and, 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 uh, that's the, that's the attributes of, 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 of ego. And if we keep that aside, uh, or let's say in the backseat, so we know it exists, we acknowledge these things, and we're in peace with our uh, insecurities. We're aware of them, and we're aware of the things that we cannot do. That's making peace with it. But you are in the driving wheel. so, you, But not the ego, not the front line of your uh interactions not in the front line of of all your communications it's there everybody has the ego everybody has ego not even a humble person everybody has ego it's just that how much they know it exists and they're aware it's there and they're in peace like they would tell you i'm not good at this that's humility at the same time it's part of the ego because the ego is yelling like trying to defend itself like no we know this we can do this but you don't know so why i say humility because humility will allow you to be in peace with that change or that transitional stage for you to cross because it's good for you yeah and it will it will allow you to do it with kindness and 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 more Mm -hmm. peaceful way so that you're not hard on yourself because we continuously judge ourselves
0: not, we, we keep
1: grinding and and, 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 and and hammering ourselves with with all those judgments. But then when we sit with people, we're like, why do you say these things to yourself? You're an amazing person.
0: Yeah.
1: If we just uh, master the skill of talking to ourselves in a good way, in a kind of way, yeah. honestly, for me, this was very challenging because I would lash myself. But yeah. it took a lot of work to, to actually look inside and, and accept those insecurities, accept those inadequacies and, and go like you know what this i can change and i can develop and i can actually make it uh better and this i'm just gonna admit i cannot change Yeah. whoever walks in needs to see this plate
0: yeah absolutely yeah i think open open okay. honest and uh you know showing you know what you can and you can't do absolutely i uh, yeah what you've just said there light bulbs totally yeah
1: it helps a lot. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we, 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 we're we working with humans. We're interacting with humans, even if it's in the corporate world. It, a manager is a human being. A director is a human being. The CEO is a human being. If, if you speak a passionate language and, and the person could actually relate, that's when you connect. Absolutely. And it's okay if you don't connect. You need to know that it's okay also. Not only, oh, maybe I didn't say the right thing. No, it's, sometimes you don't talk. I mean, I've, I've watched this documentary where they, they would put two people in front of each other and they just look at each other. And what was amazing is some of them would start crying. They're just looking at each other and, and trying to communicate. And there's this energy that travels. And at a certain time when there's connection, they actually could feel each other. Like you'd look at someone's eye and you'd know they're sad. They're thinking of something in the past. And it it was, I mean, you cannot fake these tears. They were real tears. Uh, So connection is energy. If your energy that flows uh, links with someone, then it's there. If it doesn't, then you just keep going because it's going to connect with someone else.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I'm actually trying to calm my dog down. There's somebody cleaning the window. <laughs> Sorry, apologies if she if she barks. It's all right. um, yeah, she just wants in on the podcast. Um, so I, I've absolutely loved everything about it this talk so far. Um, and I kind of want to always want to wrap it up with, you know, and your question is going to be, if you had known one thing sooner from everything that you've been doing now, what would it have been, and, or maybe what would, you have, what would you have told your younger self sooner to kind of ha- get you closer to where you are today in your current state?
1: Um, two things. One, if you'd allow me to reconstruct the question, I would do that. Uh, two, I'll, to answer that, I believe every experience, and I caught you every dot that you crossed in the past, had contributed for you to be here uh, looking back i'll take all the good decisions let me say i'll take all the decisions and just see how much uh, it got me when i decided and how long like i would just measure like how long it took me to take certain decisions which resulted in good that today if i'm faced with such decisions instead of me taking days it would take me fraction of seconds because if we go to the to the, lane, to the memory lane, it feels the same, but because you're in a different time. But decision is a decision. It's always a pivoting. It's either a right or a left, or, or, or it might be more than one way. But you need to make a decision. Like you, um, uh, I always say this: like we are, like we are here. This is like our circumstance, and and we keep growing, and the more we grow. We're faced with uh, new pathways, and we need to take a decision. And wherever we decide is a path that has three stages. It's the acceptance and the struggle, and then adaptation, and then the crossing. And once you cross, you're in a new set of circumstances. And you start living that circumstance until you grow, you grow, and you become an I need something else. Like it might be something else, or, or you're faced with a new path, like you're presented with a new path. Sometimes God is so gracious and 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 gives you these opportunities. You think you created them, but actually they're 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 given to you. Yeah. And as a human being, sometimes we we're ungrateful when we don't decide and actually want to stay where we are. I just feel like sometimes we're not grateful for the opportunities, uh, beside the fear. But if you look at how this opportunity was presented, like who created this opportunity? If you look at the bigger picture here and the bigger uh, of the whole existence, there's a whole new, uh, there's a whole force that works around us that we need to come to, to, to the ground and and and, and understand that. And it's not because I did this, I got this. It might be just the gratefulness of, of uh, the grace of, of God to, to present you the opportunity. Whether you're a good person or a bad person, this is an opportunity was given to you. Take it, jump on it, claw on it, whatever you do, just move, move, and into a new stage. And and uh, uh, that's how I look at uh, decisions and and and, uh, and and these kind of. Uh, uh, connecting dots and and what I would do different to, to reconstruct the question, uh, who I want to be like, what's the legacy that I want to, to, to be in that, in that place. And what would that person have, uh, to say to me, uh, what set of questions do I have to that person? So I'm looking at this, uh, legend and I'm, I am wondering, like, how did you get here? What were your challenges? And if we master this conversation, the answers that we're going to produce are immediate action plans for us. And that's how coaching works. It's always looking to the future, visualizing it, and actually connecting and believing in it because you're creating a legacy. Like, why do we do what we do? There's a huge reason yeah. And there's a why. and if we get to know that, we just create a legend. Whoever you are, you want to be a great mother, what would that what did that great mother do today that put her in that place? So it's one step at a time. like what did she do today? yeah, yeah. And, and immediately your brain starts working instead of blaming and, and, and finding excuses, it, it actually responds to your questions. So if we ask ourselves different set of questions, it's amazing how our brain works and just go like, ah, you know what? Read a book. Read a book about how being a mother. And actually, it will just lead you into these opportunities. And in no time, Jill, in no time, your circle of friends and circle of people you know start changing.
0: Totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Different people start walking in. And this, guys, you need to be in complete peace with the people who walk out. You need to be at the gate, allowing them to go, thanking them so much for how much they have invested and and put with you, and you've learned from them, and allow people to leave that circle. It's totally fine. It's going to be hurtful, but just make it with peace. It's going to put you in peace. Always, always going to put you in peace.
0: I think that has to be the best bit of advice when you reconstruct it, my question and give that there. That was absolutely perfect. I can't agree more with what you've said there, not in, in the whole podcast in general, but specifically that last part, um, kind of embrace change, accept it, be at peace with it. And everything that happens happens because you welcome it. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, thank you so much for taking the time today to come on and guys, I hope it, You've been when you've been listening that you know it's kind of helped either you know make a better decision in your life that maybe you've been maybe struggling with or maybe just understanding yourself a little bit better whatever or maybe you've just laughed because my dog barked whatever you've taken away from this podcast is totally cool. um Topic, thank you so so much,
1: Jill. Thank you so much what are you are doing uh, again. I've said it uh, before the recording and I'm going to say it again. Uh, it's really important at this stage for us to keep expressing and communicating and connecting with people. Uh, The result where you are today holds, you hold with you a lot of years of experience. And if it comes out in a podcast, uh, it's actually impacting other people's life, whether they are replying or commenting to you, but there are people who will listen and follow in silence. And in time, once they make their changes and once they make their leaps, They're going to come back to you years later and tell you back in 2020, during COVID-19, 2020, uh, I listened to your podcast and it changed my life. And I I always look at things in this way, that there are little things that we do today that impact someone who's not speaking today.
0: Yeah, again, thank you. just done it again thank you (laughs) thank you so much and guys thank you very much for listening to the podcast